to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Refuge Freedom Stories with me, your host, Dave Shearer. Today I'm interviewing Mr. Danny Brooks, a singer, songwriter, author, and a man of faith, born in Toronto, the east end of Toronto, in 1951. Danny has progressed through his entire life. Uh, you can l- read about it in his book, Miracles for Breakfast. Danny is quite the guy, and uh, we're privileged to have him today on our show to tell his story. Hi, Danny. How are you today, sir? I'm great, David. And yourself? I'm fantastic. I'm just honored to have you here with us today on Refuge Freedom Stories. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your testimony, a little bit about your story. I know we can't do it all in the 20 minutes that we have or or so, but uh, if you could share with us your life. You were raised in, a, in the church, were you? Yes, I was raised in a very strict Pentecostal holiness church and it was very strict in the sense that a TV was a sin box so we never had one in the house. I'd have to go to a friend's house in my neighborhood and you know I marveled at the TV and uh, on Sunday if the radio was warm to my dad's touch then we were in trouble for having that the devil's music on on the Sabbath. Now, I want to just, right from the beginning, mention the fact that my dad, many years later and I, we reconciled, and I understand completely why he was the way he was. My dad was a gangster, and he was a bad man. He collected bad debts from people, so it gives you a measure of what kind of an individual he was. He went from one extreme to another. When he found his faith, he was rigid, and he had to be that way to keep his sanity and hold on for dear life to God. Mm. And so that created a rift because he was doing what he thought was best. I was young, and I, I, I didn't know how to communicate to him how much music meant to me. My dad's take on the music business was what he saw in some of the nightclubs he frequented. And one of the bands of the day was Joe King and the Zaniacs, who did uh, explicit things on stage that would have made the Sex Pistols blush. (laughs) So my dad's viewpoint of rock and roll was what he saw. And so he didn't want me playing devil's music. Mm. To me, it was just music. So I left home at a young age and being in the music industry in the 60s, you know, and away from home, it wasn't hard to slip into that sex, drug, and rock and roll lifestyle. And everything I do, I go wholeheartedly into. And I was raised right, and I'm proof that you can have the right upbringing, loving parents, and still go off the rails. It's mm. not the parents' fault. Yes. Some of those people in the Bible, the prophets, Samuel, his children were off, and so did that other priest. His lineage was blocked out because he didn't he didn't keep his sons in line. Mm. You can have the right upbringing and still go astray. Yes. But the catch is, when you have the right upbringing, when you get older, 
we won't depart from it. So I just spent about 22 years in a fog, and Debbie came into my life, and she realized there was something really bad that I could probably die if I didn't get attention. So she got me into the government rehab in 1987. When I got out, I started reading every self-help book you can imagine. Mm. Dennis Waitley, Og Mangino, Napoleon Hill, Norman Vincent Peale, W. Clement Stone, Zig Ziglar, you name it, I read it. And I, one common theme in all the books was that I thought they were watered-down versions of the Bible, <laughs> in most cases. Mm-hmm. So that led me to start reading the Bible. Mm. And I'll tell you, that's where the buck stopped. Yes. The buck stopped with the Bible. You know, I'm just a simple believer. I'm not a Bible thumper. Although I was raised, I had to memorize. When my dad was home, I couldn't go out to play until I recited the verse he gave me by memory. Little did I know, or he, for that matter. He was training me that one day when I was playing music that he hated, I would memorize all my lyrics and not have to read or use teleprompters, which takes away from your performance. Mm-hmm. So I was indebted to him for that, but at the time I was not too happy. I wanted to get out and play ball. Yes. And uh, so he'd say, what's the verse? Then he prayed and my sister Shannon and I, to a lot of the big uh, Pentecostal churches, we would recite a verse from the whole alphabet. I'd start with A, Shannon would take B, and we'd start a verse that started with each letter of the alphabet. We'd recite the books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, so on and so forth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, so on and so forth in the New Testament. We'd have to recite the Beatitudes, Ten Commandments. I had the word sunk into my heart at a young age. Mm-hmm. Do you know all the years that I lived as a drug addict? It was some bad people with filthy mouth. I had a filthy mouth too, but I never once, ever, took the Lord's name in vain because it was ingrained into me. Mm. That was just something you don't cross that line. Amen. I never, it's just the way it was. And, uh, and it even kind of bothered me when I heard it because I knew it was wrong. But it's kind of comical that hear me with not only a filthy mouth, but I didn't use my brain in anything. And yet I was offended. <laughs> 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 You know, when I got when I started reading the Bible, the last self help book I read, Jamie Buckingham, Power for Living, short stories of different people in the sports world, the music world, the media, famous people. When I read the short story of Cliff Richards and how he came to his faith, mm-hmm. no matter what you think of him or his music, what he said in this book hit my soul. He said he had everything. I mean, this guy sold as many records as the Beatles and mm-hmm. Elvis Presley. Certainly did. And he said, there wasn't anything I didn't try. Much like in uh, King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said there was not a pleasure he deprived himself of. Now, you can let your mind wander on that and wonder exactly what he meant. You could go in circles for days. But the fact still remains, he did a lot of things he ought not to have. Mm -hmm. 
and Cliff Richard said he had all this money and no joy. He was going to end it all. And then he just said, God, you're the only thing I even tried. I'm about to commit suicide. And I've heard if I ask for forgiveness, and I know I've done wrong, so I'm not. He asked for God for forgiveness and to come into his life. Mm-hmm. Because he was expecting a spiritual 4th of July fireworks in his spirit. They didn't come, and it kind of disappointed him. But he said the next morning he woke up with a quiet realization he did something right. Wow. And it got better day by day. Mm-hmm. And I needed that. And I'll tell you why. Not just because I was a sinner. After the dawn would high, and that's what they call it when they release you, they say you're going to be happy for a couple of months because you've done something you didn't think you could do. Mm-hmm. But after about two months, that wears off and the rubber hits the road. Well, in my case, I started, the cure became worse than the ill. I started hearing things. I started seeing things. And that frightened me because I thought I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I became anxious. I'm telling you, I had to memorize Philippians 4, verse 6, 7, and 8 and recite it, I don't know how many times a day. I won't say it all, but it starts off with be anxious for nothing. People, that means don't let fears overtake you. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and thanksgiving, let your supplications be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I won't get into any more of it, but I had to say that. Yes. Then we brought me back to the doctors. We said, you have acute floating anxiety and agoraphobia. They wanted to give me pills to calm down. Yes. I said, Doc, I can't do that. I have an addictive personality. I'll wind back up here in the hospital. He said, Danny, better you wind up back here in the hospital than jumping off a bridge. Because that's what you're going to do if these anxieties overtake you like this. Wow. I said, Doc, I can't. On the way home, I was lost. I was scared. I said, Debbie, what am I going to do? I feel like I'm between a rock and a cliff. I'm going to go over. That night, I started reading that book, Power for Living. Mm -hmm. When I finished reading the story on Cliff Richards, I closed the book and shut my eyes and I said, God, that's what I want. And I want the spiritual fireworks. And I'm a terrible individual. And uh, after believing myself a little bit more, I asked them to come into my life. And just like the book, I waited, no spiritual fireworks. Woke up the next morning. I had that quiet realization I did something right for once in my life. And I was so startled by it that there was a newness. I felt that newness. I sensed it. I knew I was a different person. Wonderful. And uh, Debbie was the first. I didn't tell her the night I did it. <laughs> but the next day morning, I said, Debbie, I'm saved. And she looked at me. She wasn't raised in the uh, Christianese. And uh, she said, you're what? <laughs> I said, I'm born again. She goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, you know, I told you about how my mom and dad are, and she was, yeah. I said, well, I'm one of them now. <laughs> and then she looked at me, and, and I, she was kind of, as she tells it now when we share this, she thought she was in the twilight zone. Yes. 
But then she looked at me, and I felt and sensed and understood, and I read her mind clearly. But God gave me that insight. Wow. She was looking right directly in my eyes, and you know what she saw that she didn't see yesterday? The day before, she saw the deadness in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Today, my eyes sparkled. (laughs) There was life, life force from Christ. And she knew that she knew that she knew something drastic changed in my life. Was it perfect right away? No. But the God factor came. God factor comes in right away. We still got to do some cleaning up. Mm-hmm. But we, God takes his steps at a time, as you know. Yes. But right from that minute on, I started thinking I had different types of thoughts. A lot of things changed instantly. Now, for the next two years, and it took about two years to really get over my anxieties. But I never took the doctor's pills. I relied on the Bible. And I even told God, I said, God, your word to me is like a life preserver. I'm going to cling to it so I don't drown. And I'm going to hold on to you as if I'm got my arms wrapped around that rugged cross until I have slivers in me. I ain't letting go. And, you know, on that base of that principle, Debbie and I have both been married before. And we looked at each other and said, if this marriage doesn't work, it ain't my fault. It'll be because you left. We're both stubborn and strong-willed. <laughs> she looked at me and said, no, if the marriage doesn't work, it'll be because you left. <laughs> so the stubborn people that we are, we're still together. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Hallelujah. What a miracle. And, you know, we're far from, we're far from perfect. And I, 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 <laughs> if you look hard enough, you'll, 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 you'll hear people clapping loudly to that. <laughs> you know what? The bottom line is we love God. Amen. We've seen him in action. We've seen miracles happen. Mm-hmm. Do we deserve them? No. But nobody does. Amen. I loved it when I read about Billy Graham. Yes. He said he's got to be careful how he lingers looking at a beautiful woman because he can appreciate the looks of a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. He says, so I don't allow my eyes to linger. If I go to a motel, my team makes sure that there's nobody there that ought not to be there. Yep. Because the world will try to trip you up. Absolutely. And I thought, boy, more pastors need to admit their own shortcomings. Yes. I thank God for our pastor, Stacy Nobles down here, sticks right to the word of God, but boy, he ain't shy about letting people know his shortcomings. Wonderful. Now, when you say down here, you're talking about at your home in Texas? Yeah. And where are you in Texas, Danny? Llano, Texas. It's about 70 miles mostly west of Austin. Wow. That, and beautiful country, I, I've heard very much about Texas. We're right in the hill country. It is beautiful. Yes. And your your home church, where your pastor, you're referring to your pastor. What's your home church, Danny? The Llano Cowboy Church. Ah, yes. Very famous church. I, well, I've heard about it myself. <laughs> um, well, it's just a small country church, but I'll tell you, people are down home. I 
mean, I'm a long-haired freak, and they love me. These are, <laughs> are pretty straight These are straight-laced Texans, I'll tell you. But, but they're not legalistic Texans. No. They love Debbie and I. You know, most of the music that they have performing in the church is great music, but it's mostly, you know, Texas swing. Yep. Texas gospel swing. More of the country feel to it. And, you know, we're kind of... We're loud <laughs> and we're <rocking>. Wonderful. Now you're t- talking about music. You're a musician, a singer, a songwriter, uh, an author, and on goes the list. Very talented individual, and I actually have heard your music. I love it. I've you know uh, seen your video. Well, not your video. I guess they did a documentary on you um, on your life story that somebody could watch. That. Do you know the name of that documentary? Um, it's hardworking man, is yes, it? Yes, hardworking man. Thank you. And your book that people would be able to purchase that, or uh, how would they go about we, doing we that? We have a we have a book right now online that yep. people can purchase. Called and it's the second book in the Miracles for Breakfast series, and it's called Miracles for Breakfast: The Journey Continues. Nice. And we're about to publish another one called Miracles for Breakfast: The Lonely Battle. And yeah. the Lonely Battle specifically deals with the time frame of coming to admitting you've got a problem, mm. the steps to take to rectify that problem, and the two-year period after getting out of rehab. Yes. It's a building process. Mm. And I stuck to my guns remaining old school. Mm. In the book, I do mention about, there's, I call it the soft approach. And I've seen the devastation of the soft approach. I had a musician friend, school teacher, great drummer, was in a local band in St. Catharines that had a great uh, gig and they used to have guest singers every weekend and I'd be one of those singers. And one day he said, Danny, what was rehab like? I shared it with him and he said, he needs to go in. We went in. I saw him a couple times after that, clean and sober and great. Next time I saw him, it seemed to be pretty great still, but I noticed him drinking a beer. And I asked him what he was doing. He said, oh, Danny, relax, take it easy. He says, the group I'm in, they realize that life doesn't just end because you had a drinking problem. You've just got to take things easy. And I said, no, my friend, who's ever telling you that is wrong. He said, well, these are doctors, Danny. I said, I don't care who they are. They're wrong. <laughs> yep. He said, you're an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. One drink's one too many, and a thousand ain't enough. Yes. Stop it. He didn't. Well, not only did he lose his position in that band, he ended up losing his teaching job. Oh, he no. ended up becoming a bum. I don't think he's alive today. Mm, man. So I, I addressed that. You know, I know people have made fun of that act, that statement. I forget who it was. It might have been Nancy Reagan. Just quit. Now, I know that sounds simplified, but this is the crux of the book, and I know it's important. That's why I want to say this. Yes. You can have a church around you. You can have a great family, a great wife. I got the best wife in the world. And still with all that support, and I had a great support team, I had the lawyer who became sober, who represented me when I had to go to jail. I had my older brother, Bill. I had my dad. I had Debbie. 
and I had another pastor. I could call at any time. Yes. I had it all. Here's the crux of the matter. No matter how good your team is, when you lay your head on your pillow at night, it ain't you and your team, it's you alone, and those darts of doubt from the enemy of your soul are being hurled at you mercilessly. It's how you determine in your mind if you stand or fall when you get up the next morning. Yes. You have to ironclad tell yourself, I ain't going to do it anymore, period. Yes. And you got to stick to that. And if you don't, then die, because that's what you're going to, it's going to happen. Mm. It's a life or death matter. There's no gray areas. It's black and white. You make up your mind to quit or you don't. Right. Now, yeah. I know not everybody wants to hear that, but no. that's the, the truth unvarnished. That's that's something that you have to speak because it's truth, and uh, I understand that. A lot of people are mixing up messages out there in the world. There's all kinds of theories, you know, and uh, they're not they're wrong. I agree with you. You are right, and that is a truth. Dan, you know, your first book was called Miracles for Breakfast. The first one is Miracles for Breakfast: How Faith. Help me kick my addictions. Right. That can be purchased on our website in a digital form, but not hard copy. Okay. The and second book is hard copy mm -hmm. and digital. You can get it on Amazon or on our website. Yes. We published the second book, Miracles for Breakfast, The Journey Continues, uh, via CreateSpace, which is the publishing arm of Amazon, as we will do in the next couple of months with the lonely battle yes now your um, your website what is if somebody wanted to uh, look at your website what would that be sorry triple w danny brooks music.com and we have a link that is shopping emporium that sells all of our merch yep and pretty soon we'll have a new cd there too called are you ready the mississippi sessions Wonderful. That's going to be released to radio October 1st. October 1st. I'm excited about that. Uh, we are, too. It's, um, one of the songs we're pushing for mainstream radio. Oh, this might go triple A. I don't know. But um, uh, definitely in the blues format. It's called yeah. Jesus Had the Blues. Wow. And uh, it's a very strong song. Yes. And the song came out because we were talking with a producer in Jackson, Mississippi, about the demographic the blues reaches. And I, and I just, I don't know, for some reason blurted out, well, you know, really, we should be able to touch on all demographics mm -hmm. with the blues because even Jesus had the blues. Amen. As soon as I said it, I knew that I had a song. And then <laughs> Debbie and Tom simultaneously said, there's a song there. Yes. The next day we drove home. The next day I wrote the song. Next day I played it over the boat to Tom. And uh, we went into the studio in July and recorded it. Wow, you have quite an incredible ministry, sir. If I was interested, say, in supporting your ministry, how would I go about doing that financially? On the same link of Little Miss Debbie's Shopping Emporium, there's an area there where you can um, either purchase our merchandising, 
Yes. Which helps our ministry. Mm-hmm. If people want to send money, there's a PayPal thing. Okay. There's also instructions. I'm not sure where it is, but it's somewhere on the website. Right. But if they want a tax receipt, they can donate to our Cowboy Church. Okay. In Texas. I don't know. We have, um, Michelle Stim has a ministry in Canada where she was handing out receipts, but we haven't done that in a long time. I don't know if she's still doing that, but that might be up on our website somewhere. That's, That's wonderful. I certainly want to myself. I'm interested in, you know, looking at your merch and purchasing a book, maybe some of the CDs, maybe more than one book. I mean, it's it's exciting, it's real, it's raw. And you are a testimony, sir. I've heard from people, mutual friends, who have a lot of respect for you. And I'm talking about people that aren't even Christians that look at you and say, Danny is a miracle. There is no question about it. You know, I had mentioned to uh, one fellow that's a friend and said, I'm going to be interviewing you. And he said, wow, you got a story there, man. <laughs> he says, this guy is stand up. So uh-huh. it speaks louder than anything else, you know, and uh, especially when, when it's coming from. Word. Yes. Amen. We're pretty much out of time today. I appreciate your time, Dave, and I count it a privilege to speak with you. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, man. And God bless the both of you and Debbie. God bless you too, brother. Thank Thank you you so much for for talking today. Sometimes this world half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. Hi, this is Dave Shear, the host of Refuge Freedom Stories, asking you to save the date and join us Friday, September 18th at 7 p.m. for a great night of Christian music with legendary Texas-Sippy soul man Danny Brooks and his beautiful wife, Little Miss Deb. This memorable concert can be viewed virtually on YouTube or via the Refuge Ministries Canada webpage at www.refugeministriescanada.com. Your donations toward this event make it possible for all to watch and be blessed. Please consider supporting this event through one of the many options on our webpage. All proceeds support the Youth Prison Ministries of Refuge Ministries Canada and also support the Refuge Freedom Stories radio show and podcast. For more information, call 1-833-586-0523.